things are about to crash and we know it. Look at the earnings report that's come out. Look at Chapek's conversation with the Wall Street Journal. And Keith and I talk even more about this promotion of Avatar and how that's going to really bomb. So welcome to this episode of Hollywood Breaks and the great stuff that's happening in Hollywood that we get to talk about. Enjoy the episode. Dude, what a week to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Like, uh, the- well, <laughs> uh, Okay, I got to clarify because I'm not a Philadelphia sports okay. fan. Do I but... need to tell you what's going on in Philadelphia? No, in case... <laughs> I know what's going on. I will say this: it is, it is, it is cool to be a part of a city that is sort of enjoying a renaissance in its and its sports teams. Well, two out of the three. Well, two out of the four at the moment. Yeah. So uh, that is pretty cool. I mean, obviously, the Phillies are well. They were doing well. They had a couple of bad games. Hopefully, they recover in Houston this weekend. Um, but it's been cool to be here. For you know, my kids are excited about it. You know, it's cool to see everybody wearing red, and you know, everyone's talking about the Eagles and how well they're playing. And you know, so that it is cool to be in a city, sort of like celebrating that. Yeah. So let's uh, let's catch people up just in case they don't know. But like the Eagles, the football team. Yeah. Well, let's start with the Phillies, the baseball Phillies. team. So I'm gonna. We're talking to Hollywood here, so I'm gonna just make sure everyone's clear. On what, what is what? You're not talking about the Lakers or the Dodgers, so they might just check out. Right, right, right. <laughs> the Phillies, which is the baseball team, is in yes. the World Series. Correct. They are. It, it, they are behind one game right now. Correct. The Houston Astros. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the game last night was a close game, but they couldn't really pull it off. Nope. They had a couple really, uh, really good games. The first couple, yeah. they had one huge game. Game three was huge. And then four and five, unfortunately, they fell a little short. So we have two more. So that was the last game in Philly last night. And now they're traveling to Houston for the final two Saturday and Sunday. So, so. that was last night. They were playing. The, so the baseball team was playing the Houston Astros. But also last night, Thursday night football, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles were playing the Houston Texans, Texans correct. in Texas. In Texas. And <laughs> they beat the Texans and yes. now the Eagles are eight. No first nope. time ever in franchise history being Correct. undefeated this late into the season, which eight yep. games into a season being undefeated is a, is a huge accomplishment. Yes. Um, it's rare to be undefeated. I think there are truly undefeated teams in the regular season, the Denver Broncos and the Miami Dolphins are only two previously, wow, um, but you, they're on Tim. their way. I only know that because I'm a Broncos fan. <laughs> I'm impressed by your NFL, uh, NFL, uh, your NFL uh, prowess there. But it's uh, yes, just fun. You're, it is fun. You're in it is fun. The Sydney, I mean, Renaissance here. This is pretty I, I, cool. You know, the Steelers went eleven and zero two seasons ago, and then they lost five in a row. So <laughs> let's not get too. I mean, I got. I, yeah, I but sure the Steelers again. What do we care? Come Stop, on, dude. Come That's, on. Yeah, so come on. again, Whatever. I will reiterate: it is it is great to be a part of a city that is enjoying a sports renaissance. But I cannot claim to be a fan of either. I don't want to be considered a fair weather fan. But I am rooting for. <laughs> I am rooting for both. I am rooting for the Eagles unless they play the Steelers, which they did last week and they kicked their ass. So obviously <laughs> when you get down to the world series or the super bowl, there are only two teams. So you choose Correct. one of the two teams. I don't think yeah, that's exactly. fair to, to say you're a fair weather fan. You have to choose one of two. So you, well, I've been the... accused of such by some, some diehard Philly fans. So I'm just, <clears throat> yeah, whatever. I'm correcting the record. I mean, as you said, diehard people in Philly Hollywood fans. care less because I'm not talking about Dodgers or Lakers. <laughs> so they could give two shits. So let's talk about something that people in Hollywood would, might want to talk about. Oh, I think uh, there's an idea. Yeah, what do you think? Come on. <laughs> I am I drinking some. Uh, I am drinking some Visioncraft brew. Because <sighs> yes, yeah, well, because mm-hmm. I, I brew coffee and beer. <laughs> really? 
I don't. See, it's a pun. It's a play on words, people. It's a pun. It's, a, it's brewing in his mind. It's brewing in my head, and I want to yes. offer the, what's going on in my head to he's you, the consumer. See, thinks, <laughs> and because he's thinking, he's brewing. See the I'm vision. Brewing. Yeah, yeah. And I craft it. There's a lot happening. I, I'll say, like, I think the economy is finally just catching up. There's a, some very clear signs that, yes. um, as we've been talking about, and now there the earnings reports um, are really telling us, like, yeah. It's for real. We're going to start mm-hmm. doing some layoffs. So our good friend, Sean McNulty, who was on last week, who does his wake up newsletter, has a fantastic piece this week. It's sort of this morning, actually, uh, it really dives in because we have a lot of earnings reports. We had Warner Brothers Discovery, I think, yesterday, as well as Lionsgate. Um, and then a couple of days prior to that, we had uh, Comcast. We talked a little bit about Comcast last week, and I think we have Disney next week. So Disney will be, be interesting to see where Disney's at as far as the overall economy goes, but um, yeah, it's kind of a, it was was kind of a dreary earnings report day yesterday. Warner brothers is losing a lot of money. Um, They're still spending a lot, but they're losing a lot. Uh, And they're going, there was a report out today. They're going to institute some more layoffs in terms of, and particularly in the marketing and distribution uh, of Warner brothers pictures. And then also potentially into home entertainment. Um, And then Lionsgate, Clearly, they're just, you know, they lost a lot of money on the stars side of things. And they're really just kind of get the f- the film business did okay. It had about $65 million uh, profit on, I can't remember how much revenue off the top of my head. Um, so they're doing okay, uh, but they're obviously prepping for either investment or sale. Um, that seems to be the direction they're headed. And then you have announcements Who would they a lot. What they sell of, to? What's uh, the. Well, good question. I mean, I, I think. You know, there's there's Netflix is obviously all. I mean, the value there is with most places like this. It's the library. That's where the value yeah. is. Um, so Netflix is not any of the streaming services are options. Um, obviously, Apple and Netflix. Um, potentially, I don't know if any other the other streaming services would be interested, um, just because they already have studio arms. But the library is the value. So it's just a matter of whether or not anyone feels the value is really worth it. Yeah. And then you also have a lot of the other company announced came out today. Amazon and Apple are both freezing hiring for the next few months, whatever that means, um, potentially into further into 2023. I think they're taking a pause to kind of see what happens. I think everyone knows we're most likely more than not headed, like you rather than not headed for a recession in 2023 and things are going to get bumpy. So I think they're just preparing for that. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, bummer of a week in terms of earnings. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see how the rest of the year shakes out. I don't think they're preparing for the recession. I think they're creating the recession. When you start doing hiring, freezing, and layoffs, true. That's that's what the recession is. Like, yeah, they, they're shrinking the economy. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, Sean made a really good point. Um, you know, Warner Brothers, Time Warner has just always been bloated. I mean, we always used to laugh at Fox when I was at Fox that they had like five people doing the same job that one person at Fox was doing. So it was always sort of a little bit of a bloat. So there's definitely a need for some trimming. Absolutely. And I think Zaslav is being very smart and deliberate about where he's cutting and saying, listen, this isn't working. Like, you know, remember how, how the noise we all made when HBO Max started, we're not making movies anymore, specifically for the service. Is anyone doubting that that was a good decision at this point? Um, it was a good decision because you can't just throw money after it. And 
So he's looking at things and sort of cutting where the cut probably should have been made years ago and just saying, okay, this isn't working anymore. We're not doing this anymore, which has never really been a Time Warner thing. They've always sort of always had more people doing things and there was a lot of inefficiency. So they're correcting for that. But it'll be interesting to see, and Sean pointed this out as well, is this going to affect the quality that they've become, you know, they've been known for over the course of the last few years. So you have to make sure the cuts are smart and you cut the right people. And, you know, if you're going to combine like two jobs into one person, is that going to affect the overall quality, particularly when you it comes what? to marketing? Because the marketing is always the first to get cut because it's the easy one to slice and dice. But marketing is what drives people to come and see your product. So you kind yeah. of really need to make sure that still stays at the top end of quality. I was talking to our uh, online chatting with uh, one of our listeners this week, and we were talking about the how well Paramount has done, honestly, just, and I think his original, his uh, original um, message to me was relating to um, the play out of Smile versus Nope. And just knowing that Paramount is, is really on top of something, not get it. And we both acknowledge not given enough credibility, but even in this environment where there are either layoffs or freezing, Paramount is freezing, but not laying off where Warner Brothers has to do layoffs. It's going, it's kind of showing you a little bit of like whose strategy is winning and whose isn't. And once again, another marker that Paramount <laughs> versus Warner Brothers, they both kind of came out, launched at the same time, totally different tactics on how they're going about their streaming platforms, what they brought on their platforms, how they played out during the pandemic, and now the results of really an amazing run for Paramount. Just keep on understanding what belongs in theaters, what belongs on their OTT platform, and what's what the audience wants to see feels like the zeitgeist is recognizing and acknowledging Paramount is doing it right. Um, yeah. And this is just another one. So a freeze is not necessarily bad. It's really just wait as a wait and see strategy. So it's not foolish. Yeah, that's that's right. I, I think, you know, Paramount has done made some really great choices. And, you know, you're right, theatrically, in terms of their campaigns, they've been crushing it. I will say that they were a little, you know, hush hush on sort of the numbers on Paramount Plus in terms of ARPU. There you go, Sean, that was just for you. Uh, that was average revenue per user. Um, and they really haven't talked a lot about numbers. And, you know, they just, they on the earnings call, they just more or less said, oh, we're, we're happy with where things are going. So, yes, they've done much better than, say, a Peacock, which is, I think most people believe has been a very faulted and almost rolling disaster for Comcast. But they've done a much better job in terms of building out that service. And you're right, being very purposeful about what goes on the service and what goes into theaters. And, um, you know, HBO Max is doing well, uh, you know, but we'll see how things shake out. They, you know, not as many people have committed to the ad tier as they thought would. Um, and Disney's taking another tactic by not necessarily offering the ad tier as a cheaper option, but raising the price of the original the ad free Disney Plus. And then the, the cheaper option will be what you currently play for Disney Plus for the ad, the ad tier. So we'll see how that all plays out. It is interesting where Disney is playing this out a little bit, right? Because they, you know, they were early. They went hard on the numbers and subscribers. Mm -hmm. They clearly were the first one to hit the $100 million mark after Netflix. So they were the best competitor for Netflix and still are, I think, in the field yeah. right now. Right. Um, but they're, I still feel like they are playing or have an understanding of playing of this scale. Like it's all yeah. about scale, how many bodies can get there. And they're trying to win over a platform more, not unlike, mm -hmm. you know, what they lost with Disney DVD. Mm -hmm. They're trying to say this time around, we're not going to kind of miss out and we're going to make sure we're in the top notch of what people keep on 
uh, in their subscriptions. But they, but if you ask me, the the ability for them to scale, they they just feel so tied to certain universes. So a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff, or a whole bunch of Marvel stuff, um, or a whole bunch of their original um, uh, cartoons um, or anim- animated features. Um, but they they don't really they're not really generating original content like a Netflix or even mm. HBO or Paramount or Hulu. I guess Hulu is part of their strategy, but it's so interesting to me of like they know that it's about scale, but they're relying heavily on just a few brands to to accomplish that. Yeah, I think that's definitely accurate. Um, I think as I wrote in my, my founder Brew newsletter, you know, uh, Bob Chapik was at the tech conference uh, for the Wall Street Journal this past week, and he brought up that very point. He said, critical mass is what's going to win this war. You can't fight in streaming unless you're going to win critical mass. And I said, he's right, but you have to do it smartly. And I gave two examples, one being Hocus Pocus 2, which clearly was a theat- could have been a boon for a theatrical play. You can't ignore your other, you know, revenue drivers solely at the the mercy of streaming. And also, you know, you have to figure out the what to watch problem because critical mass also means tons of content to the point where it's a fire hose and content uh, consumers only have so many hours in the day. But you're absolutely right. They do have a struggle in terms of original content. Um, You know, Tim Heindel, who we've had on a few times, you know, he talked a lot about the universe and that's something, you know, that consumers really love playing in universes. And obviously Disney has myriads of franchises that they can play in. Obviously Hocus Pocus 2, Hocus Pocus is now another universe that they can create. There's myriads of spinoffs. You can probably go from that. Um, But they do need to really start looking at sort of being, trying to find the original content that's sort of going to help them build it out in terms of really driving subs and reducing the churn, which is ultimately what it's going to be about. And he also brought up a fact that I think it's important that, you know, they're trying to make Disney Plus more than just a content platform because they have the parks and the parks are such an important part of what Disney is and what Disney means to the consumer. They want to bring that into as well um, in terms of the experience and make it an overall experience platform, like experience with the Disney brand versus just watching a TV show or a movie. That to me is interesting is it's kind of a, it's kind of a metaverse play, right? The idea of a decentralized data is mm-hmm. this thought of like moving from one platform to the other, but c- keeping the same profile, keeping the same data set with you. Correct. Yeah. So they're playing there. It'd be a Disney metaverse, which isn't, I guess it's, it's still meta. It's just not kind of universal. But right. the fact you can go from one platform to the other to another, and then it would track you or, or recognize who you are in one mm-hmm. platform to the other. So you're, um, the th- things your things of interest that you have, or recognition of uh, what you can do uh, from platform to platform, could change. Um, but what we know is it's kind of doesn't really match. Is that if Disney does it, it's all for marketing purposes, just to sell you more and more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's it's interesting that it's a corporation recognizing the opportunity for that kind of data um, mm-hmm. is the beginning of corporations talking about it. Yeah. Um, but really, truly, going back to the idea of just the I, the need for scale you know i almost wonder if they can recognize that scale um really does have a churn and burn to it so they have Mm -hmm. deep pockets um the idea of like scale requires you just bleed cash for a while and that's what all these platforms have done just push money out make more make more make more make more but quality suffers and i think like disney's been in the tv business for years disney tv right um, they've had their cable channel, whatever. It's just that the television shows are... And ABC. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess so. ABC. Yeah. <laughs> but the TV shows are really honestly just kind of garbage. They're really throwaway, teeny bopper, pop culture, uh, wannabe kind of things, but they don't mm -hmm. last. There's no lasting impression or um, something that elevates the brand up higher, um, where other kind of platforms still can create some IP, some original IP, and then get followers in perpetuity. Uh, I think maybe some of the Fox acquisition allowed them to hide that a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, really, I don't think Disney is going to have a really going to have a struggle with keeping up with the need for scale with their current like oversight of this the type of um, universe play that they have to put in place and always kind of snap pieces together instead of just mm -hmm. allow for some some actually good quality, you know. Uh, talent TV show that's just funny, just play out by itself. Um, it doesn't seem like they have that model on their platform. Yeah, they don't. And you, you can your point about quality is definitely spot on because I think a lot of people have noticed, particularly with Marvel, um, some of the quality has slipped slightly. Uh, it's a little different when you're releasing a movie every two years to when you're releasing a piece of content every three months. Um, you know, and that was one of the hallmarks of Pixar was their movies were always so good because they only released a movie like every two years and they made sure it was, it matched the Pixar brand. But again, to your point, feeding the beast can often be a, a sort of a, a sort of a, a harm to your overall brand. If it, your quality starts to suffer and it's in some cases, it's just naturally going to suffer because you just can't, human beings aren't capable of keeping up with that much and making sure the quality still sustains itself. So, um, and, you know, to the point about the Fox acquisitions, it's, it's definitely has helped alleviate that somewhat, but I, I still think they have a lot of work to do. Yeah. I just can't tell if I'm really going to care about Marvel forever. Like yeah. if they keep on adding more and more storylines, more and more character, mm -hmm. do I really want to know in depth, deeper and deeper, you know, understanding of that universe. I don't, I don't know. It seems, feels like it plays itself out. And I feel the same way about star Wars, which seems so weird because of when there was a, the blockbuster movement, the desire to see another star Wars movie was there, but it took years to make it. So the, and uh, the anticipation was part of the process. Yeah. And now I don't have to anticipate very much. I could just turn on. There's another storyline about a character you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I even, um, it's funny, my kids and I were um, on Disney platform the other day, just kind of poking around, see what's on there. And we never watched, like Mandalorian kind of fell off for us in our household. Yeah. And so um, I was asked myself wondering, like, what, what really happened? Why did I stop caring? And I stopped caring the minute I knew that it wasn't baby Yoda, like the mystery <laughs> of who the baby yes. was disappeared. And now you're like, right. oh, okay. Yeah. It's just, now, honestly, it's just a puppet and mm. you're, it just, you can't buy into it as much. So yeah. that it, there are some things that are missing when you're trying to get the scale and the push and um, the connection to an audience, all those don't necessarily connect just because you make it. Um, and I think that's what Disney is going to kind of struggle with in the future. Yeah. I think we can really talk to a more relevant example, you know, current events example in terms of the next avatar. Um, oh, which just released the, their latest trailer this past week. Um, and mm -hmm. you know, sign the poster behind me, obviously I worked on the first one 13, 13 years ago. Um, but I think 
And, you know, the trailer had some, had some beautiful moments that, I mean, and I preface this by saying I never want to bet, bet against James Cameron. He's clearly a visionary director. He knows what the audience wants to see. So, however, the trailer itself, I felt, was slightly uninspiring. And I think the challenge to what you said is what so much what happened in 20, 2009 with that movie was such a transformational film-going experience. And in the 13 years since that one released and this one coming out in December, technology has caught up with James Cameron. He was groundbreaking in 2009. What we've seen thus far doesn't feel like it's groundbreaking. Now, granted, I saw this 2D. I didn't see it in a theater with 3D glasses on. And when I saw Avatar for the first time with 3D glasses on, it was amazing. And that's what really drove people was the experience of it. And I think one of the things that I struggled with with the trailer was sort of this idea of return to Pandora. And I'm like, but do they assume the audience really has an attachment to Pandora? Because like you said, like with Baby Yoda, it was sort of like, well, Baby Yoda's gone, but there was a real attachment there. That was like a boon for Disney when Baby Yoda mm -hmm. showed up. I don't think that exists, that exists with Pandora. My wife, who um, in her all her brilliance and have, after having spending you know, so many years married to me and talking about movie marketing. We watched the, the, a spot, I think, promoting the trailer during the baseball game last night. She watched it. You know, obviously, she was, we were together when I was working on Avatar. And she said, I think that what they're missing is they should talk about the experience of Avatar. Remember how you felt the first time you saw it in a theater? Well, guess what? We're back and we're going to take you to the next level. That I think is more of a sort of a, a way to draw the audience back in because you're talking 13 years ago. Some of these people don't even remember Pandora. They don't even remember the name of the, of the, pl the planet because mm -hmm. it wasn't a culture. It, it was the highest grossing movie until Marvel, the Avengers overtook it, but it wasn't a cultural icon. Like you could say like maybe the Marvels were, the Avengers were, or even Baby Yoda. Yeah, so try this. I mean, just as a test, can you name any of the characters? Like, I couldn't yeah, well, name one, one I, character. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. No, but also, so then uh, another question for the audience might be then too, like, is it quotable? Is there any one quote that continues on? Yeah. Unlike Titanic, there are clearly some quotes that you would remember. Yes. And characters you would know. Yeah. It has none of that appeal. Uh, I think about the difference between that and something like a Back to the Future. If you were saying, "Hey, we're returning Back to the Future," I know it's Marty McFly. I have exact quotes that are there. There's some character moments. That come <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some repeatable items, and it yep. sticks with culture. Even though it was the highest-grossing picture of all time, I think the push then was that it was such a fascinating experience to go to the theater. It really, but it, but that was 13 years ago. Since then, we've had Marvel. Yeah, go way beyond exactly. that kind of theatrical experience. So to return mm -hmm. back to 13 years ago, that's, I don't even know if I, that's an understanding that I really care about. Yeah. Um, that I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to, I got to be honest. I don't think I'm going to see this movie in the theater. It doesn't drive me like Maverick did. And Maverick has the same problem, but I just attached to the, the people, the characters and the story. Of, back, of Top Gun. Well, and, and you said like the lines, the lines and the epic, you know, the character names. You remember Ice, Goose, Maverick, you know, Charlie. Yeah. You remember all these names. And it's just like, I, I remember Jake because I listened to 15 million cuts of Jake 
the opening of the of the the trailer just talking about jake but i couldn't and in natiri i remember her but for the most part i don't remember any of the kids and i worked on but i've never told my kids i've never said to my kids oh guys sit down we have to to watch, watch avatar movie. i've yeah. done that with i've done that with godfather i've done that i mean yeah. i've done that with titanic i'm like you have these are the films you have to watch because i even like yeah. et which is way dated and my kids <laughs> go like this dad this is so dated but they get the what the relevance was to film yeah i've never even in my mind if it was on tv right now i don't think i would turn to and go like well this would be interesting you guys have never seen this before i'm pretty sure they would throw the popcorn at me they'd rather watch a repeat of Arrested Development reruns <laughs> than want to watch Avatar. Well, I mean, again, uh, like when we started working on Avatar, we we had a lot to overcome. We had a director who had uh, similar to what Disney's facing now. We had a, we had a director who didn't work for ten or eleven years. Um, no, everyone thought we meant the cartoon, The Last Airbender, and the first thing we sh- when we showed them a picture of the Navi, they're like, "Oh, it's like a Thundercat or Thunder Smurf." Is what some people said. So we had a lot of overcome. So I mean, it took us a lot to get to the point. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, we finally realized we have to just advertise James Cameron. So the last half of the third trailer is his resume, and we're like, remember mm-hmm. what you felt when you watched these movies? This is the guy we're talking about. And they were like T two, Terminator, True Lies, Titanic. I mean, you're not going to bet against that guy. And I think because the industry has evolved so much since that point in time. And as you said, very astutely, we've had Marvel movies since then. And somebody on YouTube, um, on the comments on the trailer said, yeah, it looks great, but it doesn't feel transformation. It doesn't feel next level. Like, so I know there's a risk to promising the audience that there is something that's next level. That's the next step up in sort of the theatrical experience. If it's not like, you know, water spitting on you. But I think that's what they're uh, ultimately they may have to lean that way, because I think that's the only thing that's going to get anyone to feel like this is a must see moment in the theaters. Otherwise, because Return to Pandora, it's like that, that I, I will say this. It feels like they they're using their institutional knowledge with stuff like Star Wars and the Avengers and almost nearly a decade and a half of making marvel movies where everything was tied together and there was nostalgia for it and they're trying to apply that lesson to avatar where there just is not the same nostalgia it just doesn't exist well they're even competing with themselves a little bit with wakanda coming out almost the same campaign right like remember wakanda is kind of it's it has the same kind of appeal in their messaging they're not using those words exactly but the thought of like and that well, is yeah. more relevant. That's that's more recent, more relevant than something you actually might want to be curious about. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. To me, this is the... I'll, I'll just say this. Like, w- you know my claim, the blockbuster is dead. Mm-hmm. We'll see how true this really is because yeah. this is truly a blockbuster play. It's mm-hmm. trying to get people to understand something because it's big and it's fancy and it has some connectivity to some, you know, big blue universe or whatever that people are supposed to just want to run to the theaters because it it had that connection because that's what drove us 13 years ago. Right. But today I think it doesn't happen as one of the YouTube commenter commenters said, like, I'm glad that small indie films like avatar are finally getting the attention (laughs) they deserve. Like it really is. It's like, it doesn't, this is that era is over and maybe this will be it, but I'm claiming that I'm claiming right now 
that Maverick was the end of the blockbuster. Like that's it for me. Like the the very last film was that. Um, if not uh, previous to that, like West Side Story just proves blockbusters over because Spielberg has no <laughs> magic left in him um, in that realm. Yeah, I mean, it's James Cameron is such a, a, a just a master of his craft. I don't want to cut him short riff, but I mean, I know how involved he was in the first one and how we were they, they were working 24 seven to finish the movie like a week before the release date, I think is when they finally delivered it. But, you know, I think I don't want to bet against him, but I, I think he's got a lot more overcomes than in 2009. I think Disney overall has a lot more overcomes since two, than from 2009. Oh, so and Tim went to a plus sign. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I think there's a lot more, that they're they're facing than again 13 years ago and you're right i mean it's a different marketplace the blockbuster is kind of on it it is dead you're right and they have three more movies after this three more so if this doesn't work to me like that's the evidence that we have is of what the what's going to come about in hollywood and what's the change is i'm almost rooting for this change as we all kind of know like there's a there's a time and a need for it so what do you when you say change what are you rooting for to fail or not work no, I'm, I want there. I want people's stories to be able, other people's stories to, to come out. I'm kind of. We have John Favreau, genius. You did it. Thanks for the last 15 years. I appreciate it. But uh, I'm kind of done. I'm done with that model. And there's a new opportunity for new storytellers to step up, to break through, to create different conditions, to not have to stick with the churn and burn of Netflix. Therefore, we get crappy films. But everyone got mm. paid for a little while. I want people <laughs> to get paid and make it be good. Um, yeah. and so I do see some evidence and again, I'll point to Paramount is probably the one that's recognizing it and putting things out there that are original. They're interesting and they're fun to watch. They're theatrical and I'll watch them again. Um, and they're not big, gigantic blockbuster universal thematic, uh, games. So, um, I think that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. And you met, you met James Cameron, right? Not, you don't want to, you don't want to beat up on the wrong director, right? You met James, you said John Favreau. Oh. <laughs> oh no! I mean, no, no. John Favreau uh, bringing us Marvel oh, Universe. I'm very excited that he brought. Okay, got it. Well, that and the Marvel. I mean, the Marvel Universe was created well, by true. Favreau. Yeah. Well, he directed the. Yeah, he didn't. Well, yes, that's true. Iron Man was his, and he was the one who pushed for Robert Downey Jr. So yes, you're right. He created that. Yeah, universe. and many other kind and, of. And the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. That's all John Favreau. So I get what you're saying. So the universe, the universe play. I kind of think that he he helped bring that on board and i'm glad for it but the universe i don't know that that era is over and i think the the new story is going to come up well we should get tim heindel back on here to debate you about that um aspect of the universe because i think he sure. would probably <laughs> take the other the other side of that coin and say oh wait no look at all these movies that are doing well that are in the john wick universe and blah, blah, blah. so yeah i mean i agree with you i i i, I want i mean this is, over. this is kind of the things that i one of the things that i've been wishing to happen that you know we would start seeing a change and you're right netflix just releases the quality of netflix movies is just bleh. and yeah. you know most big blockbuster movies are just not great and we just have to deal you know and try to figure out what the next way forward is and maybe if avatar doesn't work it'll be another one of those like moments where the industry okay what's our way forward and you're right paramount has been very smart and you know you combine with what paramount's doing with what kevin gets has often said like we have all the bevy of research you know, figure out what you need to spend to make the movie work. Not every movie is worth a hundred million dollars. You can shoot it for 30 
million dollars and then yeah. have an, you know that additional money to help market your movie um so yeah maybe that maybe this will be that time that you know the the shift continues the breaking continues the tiktok maker is going to have some influence on what we're going to see next instead of it being the studio maker so we'll see. assuming tiktok doesn't get banned in the u.s Tim, because there's been rumblings <laughs> about well, no. that well, maybe that would create. Come on, you just, you just <laughs> ah, scatter yeah, to the right. next platform. Then we go to the next platform. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're not going <laughs> to stop. They're just going to stop. They're going to stop there. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we're talking about Wakanda forever. I'm pretty sure that we're going to see some of um, this thing play itself out. P- pretty yep. curious. Mm-hmm. Me too. I might, I might actually go to the theater and see that one. And uh, go, go Phillies, huh? Or maybe go Astros. I don't know. Yeah, go Phillies. Yeah, we're traveling today, and uh, we got we got we got a must win tomorrow night. Um, if we don't win tomorrow night, it's pretty much game set match. So we got to win tomorrow night, and then Sunday will be the D day. So we'll uh, we got we got to win tomorrow, and then we'll go from there. So go Phillies on Saturday. And I don't want to be hating because I'm I'm actually not loyal to either group. But if Dusty Baker wins, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. That guy's a pretty class act uh, yeah i mean that's the thing everyone loves dusty and he hasn't he's never won a world series i think as a manager so everyone's kind of root for him too so i'm kind of rooting for him it's kind of cool it's a win-win yeah, either way it's cool. but you know i i probably get a lot of hate for saying that from my philly friends thank goodness none of them are watching yeah on the coast well, hopefully i don't know i've got a few fans i think around the main line but we'll see if I get if I get something thrown at me uh, when I'm uh, go pick my kids up from school, well then you will know who's watching. <laughs> know which one it is. Hi, uh, my friend. Have a good weekend. Talk to you later. Yeah, you too. See you next week.